Hey, everyone. We have an awesome game to discuss this week that we all really responded to, as you'll hear. Uh, and we were able to score an amazing exclusive. Please welcome to our studio, the monster from Carrion. Uh, thank you for being here. At what point did you get involved in the development? Okay. Um, I'm sorry. You've you've left a a glowing uh, gelatinous orb the size of your body. Uh, you've kind of excreted it into the studio. Are you okay? Look, uh, I'm starting to sympathize with your captors in the reality of the game. I think I'm going to have no choice but to try to kill you with fire. No, I'm going to, you know what, you're, uh, you're, uh, you're an abomination. I'm going to kill you with fire. You've left me with no choice but to kill you with, kill you with fire. All right. Oh, I can't say no to that face. That was so stupid. (laughs) We devour the flesh of man and spread our biomass in reverse horror game carrion this week on How Did This Get Slayed? Welcome to How Did This Get Slayed, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest horror video games of all time. I'm Nick Geiger Counter, clicking due to dangerous radiation levels. I'm Heather Corpse Pussy Campbell. (laughs) Christ. (laughs) There's just like a lot to unpack there. Uh, Is that a a pun? Well, it's not even that. It's just like the two words in, in together is the thing. Very graphic. Very evocative. I, I'm Boogie Matt Apodaca. See, now I just see I'm insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's just he- heightening wise. That should have been last. I'm Boogie Matt Apodaca. Hell, everyone. Hell, everyone. And. Hell, come back, bucket. <laughs> Edge yeah. of a knife. Uh, boy. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, how are you guys holding up? How's, uh, how's everyone feeling? <laughs> well, when we're recording this, it is 102 degrees. I am recording in a garage. So it is not it is not 
cold in here. I feel, I feel like I'm, look, we've all been through a lot this year. And I feel like it would be nice if Los Angeles would just give us a break on the weather front. Wouldn't that be nice? It's a hundred degrees. Yeah, it's, uh, that's rough. Uh, It truly is hell everyone right now. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? But I guess appropriate for our theme. And hey, speaking of hell, before we descend into gaming hell, as we always do, it is first time talk about a game we like. We're going to spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, count us off. Go for it. All right, guys. So I had a very big weekend for the first time since I believe high school or college, somewhere in there. I hooked up, I set up and hooked up my Sega CD. And I was scared that it would not function anymore. I was like, there's no fucking way the lens on this works, the motor, something's going to not work. I dropped in Sonic CD and lo and behold, other than like a strange sound issue that I've already asked Twitter about, it worked perfectly. Wow. And seeing the Sega CD hum to life. I I, I bought a, a special cable from eBay or Etsy, I don't remember, that is a single dongle for both, because it used to be that you had to have two bricks in the wall to plug in, one for the Sega CD, one for the Genesis. Yes. This is a combined brick, so it streamlines the thing. And I also have a scart out cable into my uh, Sony PVM, so it was RGB ready, and it was beautiful, and I'm so excited. I had That's to set that. it up for an upcoming game. <laughs> Wow. It's quite a weekend and quite a tease in terms of that upcoming game. What will it be? We'll find out. But right now, <laughs> we should get into our current game, and we'll begin by introducing our guest. Returning to the show, host of the podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern, and a director and game designer for Jackbox Games, Arnie Niekamp is here. Hi, Arnie. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. You're in Chicago? I am in Chicago. I guess you probably don't want to know that it is just wonderfully autumnal here. It's very oh, no. cool. Fuck. God fucking shit. Almost a little too cold. Like, this was the first oh, podcast wow. where I had to turn oh, off no. the heat instead of turn oh, off the AC what the heck? Wow. What? And, and Heather's know. from Chicago. That's like an extra twist of the knife. If only she was home right now. <laughs> And I don't even know anybody there, so it's not even my home. I'm a stranger. <laughs> Be jealous that we're entering the two or three good weeks in Chicago every year. <laughs> can you do me? Can you do me a huge favor? And um, you know, Arnie, we've done a couple podcasts together. It's always a delight. And one of these times, I want to see you hold up a Lou Malnati's pizza and just like show it to camera so that I can. Live vicariously. In my defense, I only use it as a booster seat so that it makes me sit up a little bit higher. Wait, you're sitting on a pizza right now? Right oh, now, yeah. you're sitting on a... That's my wow. secret. I'm always sitting on a pizza. No, no wonder you turned off the heat. Mm-hmm. You just got like a hot, oily ass. Like... Oh, yeah. And that's before the pizza. Hey. Yeah. All right. That's our show, everybody. Thanks wow. for listening. To Maybe your best one yet. Laid. <laughs> oh. Uh, Arnie, I, I mentioned in your intro, you 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 work uh, uh, with Jackbox, you work for Jackbox, and I'm curious, uh, 
Like, 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 obviously your games are, are, are very well known and well, well regarded, but did you at all, was anyone at all anticipating Jackbox's, what to me at least feels like a surging popularity during quarantine? It felt like it, it, it like, like everyone was just like, Hey, we got a social game we can play online with each other. Uh, let's, let's dig in on this. No. And I'm always like the, like ridiculously optimistic person in the office. Like I've worked there for 14 years, maybe wow. through wow. periods wow. where we were like, like on death's door. Um, wow. But we've <laughs> wow. been gaining in popularity the last few years. And then, yeah, when quarantine hit, it's weird. It's weird to say that, like, we've done a lot better, except for, I suppose, that, like, it's just a way for people to connect with each other during this for time. Sure. But mm-hmm. we were sl- like, uh, you know, it's that interesting to talk about server problems, but like suddenly you know, it's just all hands on deck to figure out are we actually going to handle this new players, basically. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I think you're I think it, it, it absolutely was that. And, and, and Heather and Matt, feel free to chime in here. But like it, it did feel like it's just a way of just like, hey, we can do something together. Let's let, let's you know, this is this. And it and it's also a thing. I think what's really fun about these uh, these games, not that this is any sort of original observation, but that that it's like, you know, you get you get to be creative and use your own personality in these, and I think that's the same way that people like were so as far as social games go. Same same reason people responded so strongly to the to Animal Crossing in in, in our current times, you know, with like Quiplash, like it was easy to get on. Like that's like such an accessible game for like groups of friends because that gives you the freedom to use your own sense of humor within your friend's group and just like make each other laugh in like a way that like you wouldn't get with like if you were playing that like online with like a stranger you know what i mean right i have a a pretty personal anecdote here about this uh about jackbox games which is that um i uh the very first time i met mary's parents my girlfriend's parents uh, the um, sort of communal excuse that everybody had to like get this meeting to happen was Jackbox Games. Wow. So, uh, wow. The very first time I ever visually communicated uh, with either of her folks uh, and a brother, uh, it was uh, it was via Jackbox and via Quiplash. Um, I think that was also to like sort of ease the tension uh of like up oh, here's we're meeting the girlfriend right so it was like so it was like hi oh hi oh hi how are you all right let's get to the game <laughs> and it's nice to have an activity <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure and it's kind of in this weird sweet spot of like you're doing something together you're having your own unique social experience but you can still stare at your phone most of the time <laughs> <laughs> Um, the uh, I'm 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 forgetting the name of it right now. The the uh, the the t-shirt making game. TKO. TKO. Yes, TKO is one that really uh really grew on me because at first I was like I'm not quite sure what this is, and then when you play it a little bit, you basically for people who haven't experienced it, it's like there's a there's a t-shirt you're designing, and then independently you make a caption, and then someone else makes uh the, the draws some art, and then those are and then part of the game is you're matching these two together. Uh, to to make you know like what what seems like a, a, a your best shirt options and um it's like uh it, it's one where it's just like 
it's just fun to see what doodles people can come up with when someone's <laughs> a, a sneaky surprise, like really good artist. Uh, and then also just like uh, uh, just like the pairing of captions. One I'm remembering, I played this on stream, and I, I think this is what happened. But I played this on stream with our friends, uh, the Go Off Kings, and um, Rob Wisman, I believe, did the art. And I don't remember who did the caption, but a shirt that ended up winning uh, was uh, the Hulk uh, with a gigantic boner. And the caption Biden twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can order that shirt. Yeah. As it's someone's job. I have never met this person. It's someone's job at the printer to like decide which shirts they won't print. Which has got to be <laughs> that's got to be a bad so job. So many, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can you can you speak it I, and 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 you know I be as be as coy or as cagey as as you need to be, but can you speak at all about the uh, the development process within Jackbox internally, like how you uh, how you craft a game from from conception, how you iterate on it? If there's there's anything you talk oh, about in broad strokes, sure, of course. Every year we release a pack of five games, and what that basically means is we play paper test a bunch of dumb ideas until we get to those five. And we are kind of entering that time of the year right now, which is my personal favorite, which is just like you have half an idea and you are just sort of like, everybody, let's get some Sharpies and some notepads. And it's like, what about a game where you have to hide uh, your drawing of poop onto a cake? And so you're <laughs> like, that was, a, I'm saying that that's a pitch that Netflix was it. hard rejected. But I, <laughs> I was like, come on, you don't see the brilliance of poop cake? Everyone's hiding poop on this cake. You're trying to get other people to eat the cake that you have. Um, and you just sort of... I'm prepared to fund this game myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, you're just kind of, in some ways, you're just sort of like fishing for fun social mechanics. And when you feel like you have something, you sort of, uh, you pitch it. And everyone in our in our company can pitch anything. And we play test as like over 20, 30 ideas every year and sort of like... Uh, narrow it down and then we make those games very fast like we're a small team although we've grown over the last couple of years and it's a it's still like i you know as an improviser i i'm really drawn to it because i get we get to make something really fast and, right and people get to play that thing really fast like i can't imagine working on like a big game where you you finish something and you have to wait so long for for people to play it yeah, I mean, I, uh, it's AAA development from from back when I was involved has has gotten, and I never even worked on a AAA game, AA at best, is, is in terms of scope and scale. But like, just it's gotten so sprawling that I just can't, I cannot imagine. I mean, the amount of labor and then the amount of people on different, the the number of different studios on different continents involved in 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 making bringing something alive it's it, it is it is truly staggering yeah that's pretty that's pretty rad that you can you guys can work so fast and lean um is there anything that you ever were like either were initially skeptical of or you know kind of the inverse of poop cake something where internally everyone was like i don't know if this is going to go anywhere during the the prototyping stage and then eventually everyone got on board and was like oh shit we got something here Oh, all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm frequently wrong. Like I'm frequently like, <laughs> like, I don't know, this one's going to be so good. And, and then like, it sort of turns into something. I'm trying to think of like the best example. Like it's you, it's never that I don't think something is fun, but like yes. patently, patently stupid is a really fun 
very popular game of ours from a couple packs back where you're just kind of like giving a presentation uh, on a dumb invention that you've made. And I was one of those people who was like, I don't know. I think people just like to sit and they don't really want to talk during the games and they don't want to sort of have to do more than that. And so in, uh, I was always one that was like, eh, I don't know if this one's going to be for that many people. And it's one of the most popular games from that that pack. And wow. to the point where like the game I directed this year is more of that. It's basically give a PowerPoint presentation, give like a slideshow presentation without having seen the slides in advance. So it's even sort of more of that kind of thing. When a couple of years ago, I thought that that wouldn't work at all. Yeah, because that's like a nightmare someone has. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was the challenge of like, I didn't pitch uh, the talking points, which is in the Jackbox Party Pack 7, which I think is out a couple of days ago as of this coming out. Wow. Um, and it, I, but the challenge, the, the thing we spent the most time on is people hate, people do not want to speak in public. They're terrified of it. And it, they're terrified of having to speak extemporaneously so what can we do to give them as many bumpers as possible so that if you just go with it and sort of say anything it's going to be funny like you can excel at it but so like i really didn't think i wanted to play this game and they kind of came around on it and are ready to be really annoying public speakers now i guess (laughs) that's rad um, can, can I, uh, uh, pivoting a little bit uh, outside of Jackbox games and uh, uh, stuff that you've worked on, do you have any party games that, that are, you know, it, it could be, uh, it could be a, a board game, it could, it, but anything that you, that you think of is like kind of a, a go-to fun thing when you're having some sort of social occasion. I love, I, I mean, I probably play more tabletop games as I get older than video games. And frankly, now that I have a kid, I don't even play those very much, but I really love, I love cooperative games a lot. Um, I love social deduction games. Uh, I've played a lot of secret Hitler. I think that's a really fun social deduction game. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, I, I am. In tr- I do want to pause real quick. Cause I'm not familiar with secret Hitler. Oh, it's a uh, social deduction game. It sounds very, uh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, it came out sort of before uh, people thought that they really had to worry about Nazis as much as they, <laughs> right. they apparently do. Uh, and the game designer frequently is like, I am sorry that I made a game that came true. Um, but basically, the idea is you are trying to pass bills through a government and some of you are secretly fascists and some of you are uh, liberals in, in not in the like. Democrat versus Republican sense. And you're, gosh, I'm really describing this in a way that doesn't make it sound fun, but it's really just, (laughs) it's really just a very easy to understand game where you're passing little cards around and you get, you might get two that say liberal and fascist, or they may all say fascist. And, you know, if you're trying to hide that you're the fascist, you put the liberal card away. And there's just a lot of like deniability about what cards you have. And so it's, it's just a game that Mm. like, guide you along so that you can just straight face lie to your friend's faces basically <laughs> and then how, just really distrust each other <laughs> how how does this game work if both i mean if you have to choose between liberal and fascist and we all know that fascist is the radical left like how oh how how can you possibly i mean it oh sounds like a game man. where everybody is a fascist right i have to get the instruction booklet back out of heather's been red pilled this is you hate to see it um 
<laughs> uh, you mentioned tabletop games, and we we are in you know we are in we are in October. We are in horror month uh, here on the podcast. Anything in the horror genre that you played, or any PNP RPGs that you're you're a fan of? You know, I have to confess, I'm not a big. Uh, I love horror movies, but I've never mm. played a lot of horror games before, unless like Grim oh, Fandango counts, uh, which it probably doesn't. Um, but I'll give you I, that. You know, you know, it's a great horror tabletop game that is actually not that hard. Like, it's a little complicated, but not too complicated. There's a game, I think it's called Haunted, which is like a universal horror movie monsters game wow. that is kind of similar to Pandemic. I don't know if you've ever played Pandemic. It's like a collaborative game where you're trying to stop a pandemic, which, as I'm saying it, it's like... I. Do not want to play Pandemic right now, but <laughs> Let, I would let's play. escape from the world with a little secret Hitler or Pandemic. <laughs> 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 but with Haunted, you're just in this little village and you, you know, you can pick what monsters you want to have in your game. It's like, let's have Dracula and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and the Invisible Man. And they kind of move around the board. It's pretty straightforward. And then you all I like cooperative games. So you all cooperatively try to like stop them and save villagers as the game goes on that sounds rad yeah it, it sounds cool the thing i want to get across is i am dumb like i am bad at games i have a hard time <laughs> tracking what's going on and this is a game that i can follow like it, it might sound more complicated than it is uh i'm very useful to have in a office where you're testing out party games because i can be a test <laughs> subject for like are you too dumb or drunk to play the game <laughs> Well, we're talking horror games. Let's pivot to this week's game. We are talking Carrion, uh, which Carrion, which Carrion, Carrion, which released this year. Uh, Heather, go for it. <laughs> Carrion, Carrion, Carrion's a Carrion is a reverse horror game developed by Phobia Game Studio and published by Devolver Digital. Uh, it was released in July twenty third. 2020 other games released in the year 2020 include uh rugby 20 for the playstation 4 uh ori and the will of the wisps doom eternal and the upcoming cyberpunk 2077 uh carrion is a game where you play as the bad guy you control a giant red tentacle blob uh and you have to make your way through a facility uh knocking down barricades going through vents and killing and eating every human being that you come across, save for one that you uh, experience in flashbacks. Um, I mean, it's a Metroidvania, so like, there's a lot of backtracking, a lot of moving around. What I found awesome and compelling about this game, because I'm not usually a Metroidvania fan, was the speed with which you move around the screen. And... Also, that you have a freedom of movement up, down, left, right. You aren't anchored to any surface. You can go anywhere that you yes. can point. And that was mo the most fun of the game was just being able to zoom around. Like if you were like, oh, shit, I have to go all the way across the map to another location. It does not take very long if you know the way. 
I love this game, and 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 glad you pointed that out, Heather, because the traversal is so satisfying. Not just it, not just, it doesn't just feel good; it looks good. Like the way the the creature animates this big red red tentacled abomination, um, it is uh, it's just like it looks so cool, and it it's it, yeah, and and it definitely I think just like uh, gets that feeling of being this thing. Uh, but 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 Arnie, I'm curious because you mentioned you like horror movies. I think a lot of time a lot of people have compared this game to the thing uh which is you know it, it, it definitely has some parallels there probably some influence were there any any horror movies i guess this is for anyone any horror movies that this uh, evoked for you in particular this definitely reminded me of the thing which is my favorite horror movie of all time wow um and it also reminded me of alien only in that like it felt like it, what it would be like to be the xenomorph you know sort of hiding in the rafters and coming down and like grabbing people and disappearing. Um, uh, and when I was a kid, I was terrified of a VHS cover of a horror movie called the stuff. And it kind of reminded me of that too, which is oh, yogurt yeah. that kills people. I think and like melts them like just this horrible amorphous glob of viscera basically. Yeah. I remember looking at the, the cover of the stuff and just being like, what is the stuff? It, it, no, it, it, it truly looks vile. It's a it's a white substance, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. it's like Cinnabon it icing. Yeah, it's really gross. But the game also just makes reminds me of like looking at like a cover of Fangoria magazine or something. Oh, sure. It's kind of like just just like what if the monster was all gore? Like what if it was just all blood and and viscera? I also like the way you paint the surfaces of this the game, or 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 rather all the surfaces of the levels. So as you move through them, they become bloody messes. <laughs> After the thing, the tentacle monster, what are we calling it? What, what, do we got a name? Joe. Does it have a name? Let's go with After, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Wouldn't, After, it be, wouldn't it be great if when you start the game, it asks you to type in your name? <laughs> so let's say uh, when you move around the screen as Joe... Every surface you touch becomes bloody, which means that you come into a room and it's all very nice. And then you appear, all the human beings start screaming and begging for their lives. Uh, you eviscerate everybody. You knock down all the boxes. Every room you leave looks like garbage. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's really pleasant. It's, I, I know it sounds graphic and horrible, but it's it's charming. Yeah, as it a power is. fantasy, it's it's very very satisfying. Like just like in terms of how much you can fuck shit up, and the physics feel great in terms of you know like grabbing an, a, a a a fucking desk with your tentacle and then flinging it over to bludgeon uh, a fleeing scientist. Like all that stuff feels very good, as grim as it is. I also like that the the problem solving. I mean, there is some basic puzzling to uh, to the game. But some of the problem solving, it's like you go into a room and there's a, a drone with a bunch of lasers and it's firing guns at you. And you're like, ah, fuck, how do I get around this thing? And the solution is grab it and swing it around until it breaks. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really satisfying. Like, I'm glad that you don't have to be like, oh, I got to time myself between these. Like, it really is. It may it lets you be a monster. Yeah, and and I think the uh, uh, like I had a similar thing because you get the uh, uh, you get different levels of of 
enemies that you're fighting all the enemies are human it's it's either human or mechanical there isn't any there aren't any other alien life forms you're dealing with and it feels like most of the game is taking place in some sort of underground bunker lab that's at times underwater so it it is like you know it has that kind of sterile isolated feel that you'll get from like the thing or alien is uh, uh, the the that arnie cited it's um but but it, but I will say that like like yeah I had a similar experience with a drone with the mechs that you run into later. Uh, the mechs are heavily armored uh, and have uh, the, uh, like they will just like fucking gun you down. They just have these this this, this mini gun that fires at a really rapid rate. But I I was like I died in that room a couple times and then I was like oh wait a minute I should just go th- just charge in and then just fuck these things up. And just go in and spear them with my tentacles, and I took them out like pretty quick, pretty rapidly. It it is very satisfying because because that's what you want to do as a monster is just to like fuck shit up. And you can throw things with your tentacle, right? Like you can just yes. pick up a table and throw it at somebody, and they die <laughs> <Yeah>. that way. <laughs> or throw or throw a person at another person, which is also satisfying. Um, also, it, it, when you eat a person, you eat half of them. Yes. Like yeah. you don't consume the entire human. You eat half of them in order to gain your strength back. And then you got these little dangly legs that you can also eat, uh, which is, do you know what this game reminded me of is Jurassic Park for the Genesis, which you can play as a human or as a dinosaur. The dinosaur eats people to get his health back. It's a velociraptor. Um, I, I was like, oh man, even minorly, the graphics are similar because there's this like dense urban jungle environment. Sure. Like with like buildings, but also like dense jungle. And it felt at times like the underground bunker of Carrion. Interesting. Do you ever play that Jurassic Park game, Arnie? I never you did. Don't, no, I never played any of the Jurassic Park games. This reminded me a little bit of Party Hard. Has anyone ever played that? It's also mm-hmm. got a kind of throwback. It sounds like it, right? It's like about a serial killer who's annoyed that oh. his neighbors are throwing a party and it's too loud and he can't sleep. So you you are the serial killer. And it's got a similar kind of throwback graphics kind of quality. And you walk around from room to room without getting caught trying to murder everyone at the party. Uh, but if someone walks in on one of the bodies, they'll call the police. Uh, it's pretty. I think there have been two of them. Interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. I, I will say that the, the yeah, the de- definitely a very uh, a, a different subgenre of horror here. Can I say one thing about this? And this is not a comment on difficulty, but contra what we were saying earlier about uh, the, you know, going in and fucking shit up. I do kind of feel, especially as your creature starts to upgrade. And again, it's not difficult to comment because I don't think this is a particularly hard game. I think, you know, there there were maybe a couple sections I had to, to do more than once. But I do feel like the creature is maybe too fragile at times. Like I, mm-hmm. I do. Like there is a set. There is a section where, like, yeah, yeah, fucking gun me down with a turret, sure. But then I just have a scientist who is lying on their back, emptying a clip of a handgun into me, and I'm at my most powerful, and they can take away my entire health bar with a few shots. Like those are moments where I was like, oh, this I feel like. I just I do kind of just just feel like I could just maybe reach a stage where I'm immune to handguns because that feels like a horror movie trope of just like, holy shit, I'm emptying a fucking clip into this thing and it's it's not even reacting. 
the when the power fantasy breaks down, it's a bummer, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm probably much less good at these games than any of you are. And so like at first I felt really great that I was like whipping things around with my tentacles and eating people. And it just was very satisfying. But when you start to not do well at things, you just feel like you're a failure as a big <laughs> monster. And I would actually like sometimes I would forget how to eat people. <laughs> so like i'm just standing over people and they're running around screaming and yeah I'm like, oh shit how do i eat these people again <laughs> this is just i'm just bad at being a monster <laughs> there i is... really like that you could roar at the at the people and scare them yeah like, early on so i mean great. they get they get they become too too tough for roars but it is funny when you're like just you go into a room and you're in the vents and you roar and they all the people go oh god oh, oh my god and they like all run to the same corner and then like continue to sort of run in place against the wall like <laughs> imagine being so panicked that you run into a wall and continue to run until you die <laughs> um, it's funny when you sometimes hear people sing like you, that you don't see just far away and you're like someone's going through something like oh, i don't know <laughs> I always felt pity for like the like if I'd see a scientist hiding in a bathroom stall, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, that, that, that's a Jurassic Park thing, too, of just like, mm-hmm. oh, God. And then if there was a point where it's like I had to eat them to get health, get enough health or to, you know, upgrade my like because because eating humans not only upgrades your health, it, it takes you through different stages of uh evolution where you're you're incre- increasing your biomass and you need your, to get your biomass to certain levels to that, use certain abilities so yeah when someone was just like cowering in the shitter and i was like i know i have to go in and eat this person what a miserable way to end their life <laughs> <laughs> but that's what that's what we're doing it's a small detail, but like kind of midway through, you start to see vending machines. And I started to feel really sorry for the people. Like you work yeah. here and you have to pay for your soda too. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a I, free uh, Zagnut. <laughs> I think I've been brainwashed by all of the like pacifist games we've played lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was like, oh, I wonder if there's a bonus if you like let all of the scientists go and you only kill soldiers or something. And. I I did not do any research, but I am under the impression that there is no bonus for letting people go. There's nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean, there might be an achievement or something. I, you know, there. I it it seems honestly kind of the opposite. Where so some of the soldiers who are armored, the ones who have the shields, the 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 cool glowing uh, OP shields and the 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 uh, assault rifles. Those guys, like if you kill them, uh, and then you can't actually get health from them, I guess, because of their armor. You can just chew them up to permanently disable them or kill them. I sometimes them. wondered if they were robots. or Yeah, I don't know. Their... Maybe they were robots. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I didn't know exactly what was going on. But because of that design element, because you can't get health or you can't get, um, uh, you know, because uh, you can't get health or stamina from these 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 characters, you actually are forced to kill like civilians in certain situations. Where it's just like, well, I can't just kill the things that are trying to kill me. I have to kill the things that are actively trying to flee because I have no other choice. It, it feels like they're kind they're incentivizing or even forcing you to do that. A lot of the game is getting bigger and smaller, right? So you kind of yes. have to like eat people to do that. Yeah. Right. Some puzzle. Each stage of your evolution has its own ability. So if you want to access like your spider web ability, 
and you are middle-sized, you have to enter into some liquid, let go of some of your biomass and get smaller and weaker. And then sometimes you can't reclaim that biomass. That's pretty nice. It can be yeah. healthy for the monster too. So like <laughs> gaining and losing so fast, not good. <laughs> it's like Christian can Bale I, prepping for a role. <laughs> can I say another positive about this and, and start to worry that I won't have anything left for a review crew, which is the music in this game is great. It's great. It's a great soundtrack. It has like a nice, like that. I I want to say late eighties horror vibe, like that that pounding, like aggressive horror vibe. Um, I really I really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good jams. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm sure taking taking some inspiration from John Carpenter's scores. I bet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matt, do we have any of that music? Uh, I pulled up the soundtrack on Spotify. Let me get you a little taste of that, at least the main theme here. How about that? Sounds real Cronenberg-y. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is this just being piped in in their workplace? <laughs> this is just like their Muzak they're having to work to? We find they work harder if they're constantly hearing horror movie music playing. Like... <laughs> I yeah, mean, it's, it's a great, so good. It's a great score and yeah. great sound design, too, you know, which ties in with the, the way the, the creature animates and the way everything, you know, it, it panics in its presence. Um, uh, I, I will say you, you touched on one thing. Uh, the the three stages of biomass the the game calls it of which is you get to different sizes and you have different abilities. I will say that that was one thing where you know again I love this game so these are these are these are minor uh, quibbles, uh, but I do feel like that that element of like you know you got the one stage where you fire webs and you turn invisible the the second stage where you grow spikes and charge through barricades and the third stage your biggest stage where you can grow armor and shoot tentacles. But some of the areas are some of the progression. Uh, in this Metroidvania-style environment is such where you need to shoot a web to hit this lever that's on the other side of the room, and there's no other way to get there. So you have to dis- decrease your character's size, and and that decreasing their size makes them more vulnerable. I just, I guess I kind of felt like that maybe went to the well a little too often on that. I, I kind of w- reached a point where it's just like, yeah, okay, I get, I get that I'm going to make myself smaller so I can shoot this web or turn invisible and get past this laser. And then when I get on the other side of that, there's going to be a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of high, uh, uh, powerful enemies that I'm going to have to defeat in my uh, weakened state. But I, I, I just, for me, I like that there was a certain point where it's kind of like, I feel like I've, I've experienced this particular thing too many times. All that said, this game does not overstay its welcome. Which is it? Which is absolutely to its credit. You can finish this thing in like uh, four to five hours. It's not super long. It's also really easy to watch on YouTube. Like if you can only get so far, and you're saying, <laughs> <laughs> "I played for quite a, a while," and then my own natural ability sort of crapped out. But uh, it, I this is not. Here's my main thing about this game. Kind of not my kind of game. Hmm. It's not the kind of game I play that much, but everything about the premise and aesthetically, I was so in on 
that it still was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, you're you're right. It absolutely delivers on those elements. Uh, I can can, can we t- should we talk about the flashbacks that you mentioned real quick, Heather? Because that was the thing I was initially skeptical of. Uh, you were but ske- skeptical of the flashbacks. Or? The first time the first time the flashback happened, I was like, eh, I don't know about this because uh, the game. If we haven't mentioned it, there's no dialogue at all. There's no there's some text on screens and monitors in the background, but no one is ever saying anything. Uh, there, there's no there's no cutscenes or cinematics that that have char- talking characters. There's a lot of screaming, but a lot no, of screaming. no dialogue. No dialogue. Yeah. Uh, so you have an initial flashback where you are not playing the creature, but but a scientist. And the first time I was like, I don't know about this, but man, as it progressed, like and then if, especially how it connected in the ending, which I'll be I'll be vague about. Uh, but I, I was just like, oh, man, this is this actually paid off, I think, really satisfyingly. I don't know. What did you guys think? Can I ask you guys uh, of what your interpretation was of the visual aesthetic of the flashbacks? So you go into like a, a like a crevice in the wall and you have a flashback, but there's like a greasy grid that like appears over the screen as you fade to that flashback. Was that is that how the creature sees, or is that the way the creature remembers? Ooh, I didn't think about it. I guess I was. I guess I would say the latter, but I don't know. It represents something. Yeah, and oh, yeah. I, I, I thought it was the way it's. So I was confused at first because I thought it was the like a psychic ability, and like you crawl into a crevice and then you can like see something in like with your third eye, but then it becomes clear that they're all they take place in the past. And right. I was like, well, then what is the greasy grid? Guys, I, I sort what of is in, the greasy grid? What is the greasy grid? I interpreted <laughs> it as memory or maybe like intentionally you could take it both ways so that you're not sure for a while until you start to realize that it's memories. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the, you know, the, I, the, the, like I talked about the depositing biomass and retrieving biomass, I did feel like it got maybe it went to the well a little, a little too often. But however, when you get to a save point or when you get to a point where you're going to trigger one of those flashbacks and you get to spread your biomass. Oh, man, that is so satisfying. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Ew. I like I mean, spread my biomass. Oh, my God. Wait, so, Nick, you like BMs? All right. <laughs> You're like, I got to get a little smaller time for a BM. Did you guys like the, uh, did you guys like the, oh, you know, another, another much commented thing in this game that we should maybe just get everyone's take on is the absence of a mini map, which for a, 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 you know, kind of Metroidvania game is, I only, I only found frustrating twice. There were only a couple times where I was like, I really do not know where to go or how to get there. Uh, but if, for the most part, I think because the game is short enough and the world is small enough, it wasn't that big of a deal. I don't know. What did you think, Heather? Uh, I kept thinking that one of the buttons would be the mini map. Yes. Like I, I kept testing. I was like, there has to be a map. You can't have a game like this without a map. That's crazy. Um, but I guess it's a, either a design choice because the, uh, alien, the tentacle beast has no like spatial recognition or something. 
So like it doesn't know that it's in a different room every time it's in a different room. <laughs> and since you're playing like really from its point of view, um, maybe it was just maybe it's just confused about how space works. Also, mm. I guess if you didn't know what up and down was because they were all the up and down were because they were all the same to you, maybe the way you would like chart where you were would be different. Every time I look at a bird, I think that's so weird that that bird can look at anything and go, I can go there. Like, <laughs> it, it must be very similar for the tentacle monster. I don't remember the question here. That's what um, you think when you look at a bird? <laughs> yeah, you you don't. When you look at a bird, aren't you kind of enamored with the idea that it's free? Well, don't maybe the birds look at you and they're like, oh, they can open doors. <laughs> <laughs> sure, maybe. I mean, definitely. Um, although I bet if I built a little tiny door, uh, a crow could open it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. A crow could like, yeah, crows are good at that stuff. And don't do it, Heather. Whatever you do, it's, don't do it. <laughs> I, I got very, the thing that frustrated me the most is I got very lost and I never yeah. knew where I was. And it's, I took it partly as just sort of this type of game, which I don't play as much of, but I can get lost in like Animal Crossing. So I was constantly, <laughs> I was constantly like, well, I clearly have been here because there's blood everywhere, but supposed, <laughs> where am I supposed to go? Yeah, it it it's it, it it did definitely I did definitely have those hiccups a couple of times. Uh but all that said, doesn't overstay its welcome. I thought the I found the ending very satisfying for the genre. Arnie's a horror as a horror fan. It, 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 did you were you able to watch the ending? Yeah, I thought it was cool. You? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I, I mean, the game also it's very uh elegant overall like all the things kind of piece together like in a pretty fun way. Even some of the choices where you're like why is why can't I chew up this r- maybe robot guy? Like you sort of realize it's probably because you're always reliably going to need a person around during certain right. parts of the game, or you can't go forward. So I was really impressed actually with kind of how all the pieces fit together in a really good way. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about how you can put your tentacle into a a character uh, into a human being and and control them and puppet them. Yes, which is very grim and and a, a, a great genre specific. But then that gets you into the that if there's a empty mech around, you get to pilot a mech, and that is just ah, that rule. Every little boy's dream. Yes, there they don't draw too much attention to it, but there are a lot of great just little horror movie things, right? It's yeah, like bursting out of a body, or you know, just like sending an elevator down <laughs> without you into an area. Like you see that in horror movies all the time. Like the elevator just comes down, and you know the monster is close by. There's like fire torches at some point. Like that stuff was really fun for me. Yeah, I like the squishy sound it makes when it moves. That that sort of like lettuce in too much ranch dressing sound. (laughs) I really, it's, I liked it a lot. I I love the menu screen too. Like I, 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 and maybe again, cause I don't play as many of these types of games, like the throwback nature of the, like, I don't know, it's not 16 bit or whatever you would call the graphics, but like the menu screen is the one that's most elaborate, just like the tentacles and teeth. Yeah. It just looks like, Looks like you're watching King's Quest, but something went horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a pixel art aesthetic, and it, but it's it's the art is the art and animation are are great. And yeah, that 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 menu is is rad. Um, well, hey, let's get to our final thoughts on Carrie, and it's time for our review crew. Review 
you grew. So we'll say something positive about this game. Sounds like it won't necessarily be a struggle for us, but that is how we do it here. Uh, and uh, I, and then give it a numerical decimal rating. I can begin. My positive thing is the sound design for the aforementioned mechs. When they power up their guns, it makes such a satisfying sound. I'll do my best to characterize it here. It is like... Just like the spin-up sound, and then it just like hovers at that... Uh, while uh, uh, while fucking bullets are flying, and it is so like menacing, and then uh, it, it, and like I I never tired of hearing it, even though I kind of knew I was in shit, deep shit, when that was about to happen. Um, so that kind of vacuumy sound is what I'll focus on here because I think all, everything else I liked, I was able to get to. Uh, but yeah, a, a awesome game, short, uh, yeah, super fun, um, and uh, and well designed, and I think you know worth playing if you're looking for something that's uh, that's not going to completely take over your life and just will be a fun diversion um and uh, that absolutely fucking pays off its its premise and it's a great premise so i'll give this a a 9.2 heather go for it woo um we've said so many positive things about the game that it's hard for me to think of any new positives but i don't think we've talked about how the creature's mouth looks and oh, yeah. it, how it kind of like chops, chomps like Pac-Man a little bit. Like it's like <laughs> the hinge of its mouth is on the side of its mouth, not on the back of its mouth. So like a human eats a sandwich by like putting the sandwich in its mouth. It. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> a human eats a sandwich by putting the sandwich in their mouths. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Uh, and the back hinge works the sandwich. Does Heather have like a tentacle coming out of her back? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) But with this, it's as if you put a sandwich in the side of your mouth and the hinge was on the other side of your mouth and it like bird pecks or something. It's great. I don't, for those of you listening at home, if I've created a confusing mental image, it is a little confusing to look at and very funny. Um, That's what I liked about the mouth. On the tentacle monster. Um, I'm going to give it an 8.5. That's my score. 8.5. Wow. Very good score. Matt, what do you think? Well, I loved this. Um, I was excited to play it. um, And I, I, you know, something I don't think we talked about this particular power, but I liked to, to become the worms. When you can swim and go through grates as a bunch of worms, I just like that's right. The, the worms, I I just love looking at the worms. The work like that's such a I would be horrified to see like to see a bunch of worms swimming at me in a threatening way. But I'll say that one of my favorite things there's an achievement in the game, uh, and I don't think the achievements are present in the Switch version which I played. But I was looking this up, um, and there is an achievement. That is just the numbers from Lost, 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, and 42. And it's not tied to it. There's not a reference to Lost in the game, but I love Lost. So that made me happy to just read that as a, as a reference. Uh, and I, I'm rewatching it right now. So I was very excited that something else in my life connected to it. So my score, I will give this, I'll give this a 9.5 because I did get lost a few times and that made me upset. But otherwise, I think this game is dynamite. Wow, great, great. score. Uh, Arnie, what do you what do you think? 
Um, my positive thing is this is a game where you are literally just kill everyone you see, and yet it was less traumatizing than playing Dragon's Lair, which I played last time <laughs> I was on the podcast. Um, <laughs> I I loved it a, a lot, and it just like I had to tap out, like I got too far, uh, and so my scores maybe a little lower, but that's purely just like. For me, like it's shocking to me that I'm giving this game a 7.5 because that is much higher than I would personally uh, think I would have this much fun with this type of game. Wow. 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 Well, hey, good scores all around. Solid scores yeah. all around, Heather. But, good but scores. hey, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. We've got some uh reviews from all over the internet from submitted by uh people who didn't know they were submitting them to the show and were <laughs> generally just posting in private and we are going to uh, grab them and pull them out of their anonymity um i have a negative review uh from gaming trend and uh it's interesting because the things that i liked about the game are the things that this person hated about the game. Austin Fern writes, I called Kirian a Metroidvania, but it is a super simple one. The map is linear, but you can backtrack with new powers to get optional powers such as extra tentacles. You can grab multiple things at a time. That's the extent of it. The main path through the game is linear with very little to explore. The combat certainly isn't a highlight. It boils down to grabbing an enemy and eating them or smashing them against the wall. They rarely require any of the powers you have to beat since they can't tell which powers you'll have access to at any given time, so they can't base encounters around them, only puzzles. There just isn't a reason to play Carrion. There's little narrative, repetitive combat, limited puzzles, and almost zero horror elements. The atmosphere is okay and it reminds me of Alien, but that's as far as it goes with horror. Just leave this monster stuck in the vent 40. Wow. That's a that's a brutal review. Yeah, yeah. This person hated that game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know who else disliked this game? Muscle Mike on the Steam Store. This is their review. Not recommended. Point six hours on record. Gave up on it pretty early. Do you remember the scene in your favorite horror science fiction movie in which the monster gets hopelessly lost for half the movie and the heroes get to die of old age before the monster finds them? Because I don't. This game is beyond stupid. There is no challenge. Your character just instantly steamrolls every enemy in its path. Then you get completely lost because every area looks the same. I love nonlinear games, but normally those games have systems in place to help you understand what the general goal is. Then it's up to you to choose how to achieve that goal. This piece of trash game is deliberately designed to waste your time. Game gets a solid F. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Although I gotta wow. say, Muscle Mike would be a pretty good name for that monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, another review here. Since we uh, we brought up Hitler earlier in the podcast, I thought I'd read this one. Also, uh, this is from Cyborg Dopamine from the Steam Store. Uh, it reads: Carrion being a good game is in the same dimension where Hitler is a librarian. Hmm. Hmm. Did he? I mean, but, he wasn't an aspiring librarian. That's not what the issue was. But here's here's that's the, the thing. weirdest poem I've ever heard. <laughs> here's, here's the thing: uh, the amount of hours on record playing Carrion for this review, yeah. where Hitler is a librarian, thirty-seven point five. Wow, 
I wonder if they just let it running in the background. Like, just forgot to maybe. close the app. I don't know. I do, or maybe they just actually put that much time. I don't even know how you could put that much time into it. I came close to 100%ing it, and I, I didn't even play it, I don't think, for a half dozen hours. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just because, like, the whole thing is like Hitler was going to go to, was going to be an artist, right? Where do you get librarian from? I don't know, man. Maybe I, he I, thought I, it. Yeah. I, I don't know. If that review wasn't satisfying, maybe you'll like this one from, uh, what looks to be a hundred lowercase J's. Uh, the review was posted September 25th and it reads simply ass. <laughs> and then one person found the review helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm playing that game. Yeah. <laughs> I actually agree with that one. Ass. Although if I worked under in that underground facility, I would be so pissed that we keep all these, Vats of give monster more powers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was maybe we're wrong. It's time for the question block. All right. This one is from A Cornejo on Twitter. Roguelikes, Metroidvanias, and Battle Royales seem to dominate the market lately. What do you typically look for in such games to differentiate them from the rest? Or rather, what unique aspects draw your attention to one particular game when there seem to be so many similar ones? Um, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say that you know those are those are very different genres, which I'm sure the the uh, question submitter is aware of. Uh, but I, I, but like I, first off, battle royale is just like something I have never messed around with. Anyone, anyone else played with a battle royale at all? I've done some PUBG. Um, my, but I, I, my answer to this question, I would love to. Go go for it, Nick. I'm, my answer is going to be about battle royales in general. Um, I will say that you know Metroidvania's of those is is the genre that I that I uh, respond to the most. Although I do like roguelikes, and I, I I mentioned I probably I believe on a recent episode that I've been having a lot of fun with Hades. Um, uh, but also, you know, other uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which came out this year, and 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 Heather mentioned earlier, and uh, and and this game. Uh, which are which are Metroidvanias in terms of why I really like these games, why I really respond to that. I think a big part of it is just like aesthetics. Like these games just like look and sound fucking great. And that's a huge differentiator of just like I really respond to this art style and I really respond to the sound design and the score. And, uh, you, know, you know, that counts for a lot when you've got so many different versions of this sort of genre in the market. Uh, but I mean, it, it, but it also they also feel great. I mean, this game, this game to me again feels really good to play, uh, and uh, you know, the same as Ori or, or a lot of classic Metroidvanias. Um, what were we going to say about battle royales, Heather? Well, I was going to say, um, I wish that somebody would bring out a battle royale, battle royale. Like, how can you have the genre named after a movie and nobody makes the game? Is hmm. it because it would be grim? I mean, how much more grim would it be than like dropping people off on an island where you can like run for like 15 minutes and then just get sniped? <laughs> like it's <laughs> it seems like a great skin. I'm sure there are mods where you right. can play Battle Royale, Battle Royale, but it seems like a great opportunity to make a Battle Royale, Battle Royale game. And I, I, I hope somebody's listening and I hope they're like, this is my call to adventure. I'm going to refuse it. But then later, <laughs> I will take up the challenge. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Arnie, are there any uh, uh, games in the, in any of these genres that have ever clicked for you, or I guess just in general, what makes a game uh, click for you? What makes it? Uh, what makes something stand out from the rest of the pack? I mean, I'm always drawn to like a cool aesthetic, and by cool, I mean I guess cute. I realize like as the years <laughs> go on, and I, I and I can I actually think that this game is cute. Like it's kind of like cute horror, and that's kind of why I, it goes down so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'm always just really drawn towards like a kind of high concept premise, especially if it's sort of counterintuitive. So that's why I love this. It's like, I got to be the monster. Like, great. I'm all, and it's cute. It, it's cute. It, I'm monster and it's cute graphics. I'm totally in. That's that, that's kind of the thought process for me. Usually that's also how I end up playing a lot of bad games. <laughs> Um, a roguelike I played the shit out of is uh, is FTL, uh, which is the uh, SpaceX. It's a space exploration game, and it's basically like you're the captain of a, a, basically like you're a Star Trek. Uh, you're in charge of a Star Trek fleet. A very simplified way of explaining it as you you traverse the galaxy and try to, to destroy a capital ship in the end. Um, but that one is just like so fun because it, it's just like every run feels has enough differentiation where it's just like, oh, I just feel like I could play this a bunch and some elements are familiar, but ultimately not, nothing will ever be, nothing is ever going to be feel exactly the same. And I could finish, I get to the, I could complete a run and still want to do it again, uh, you know, with a different ship just to see what else happens. Uh, Matt, anything that, that uh, uh, how about you? Any thoughts on any of this? I, I mean, you know, I don't play a lot of uh, Metroidvanias because I, I, I guess I just didn't, I don't know. I didn't grow up playing those games, but for me, a game. By the way, we've said Metroidvania so many times without explaining it, and I know we have a lot of like lapsed gamers and like non-gamers in our audience. They're yeah. just could, could just confuse the shit out of them the entire episode. <laughs> the fuck is this word? And it's like, yeah, just it's such a specific word, and we say it a hundred times an episode. <laughs> Um, but like, and I, I messed around with Fortnite a little bit cause I thought I would be into that. And I, I, I guess I'm just not, so I don't, I don't like, I, I guess what I look for in a game is, uh, if it's not going to make me feel bad in any, <laughs> in any way, or like nobody's <laughs> going to make fun of me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the, the games that I play by myself are games where, uh, no one can chime in, I guess. That's funny. <laughs> for them i identify with that so much i like games yeah. that are just sort of like a game experience like uh-oh i don't think i can do this oh but i can i definitely can uh-huh. right. <laughs> uh, hit us up on twitter and instagram at get played bod or send us an email at get played at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2played-616-275-2933 and perhaps we will answer your question on the show Arnie Niekamp, thank you so much for returning to the show. Uh, a delight to have you here and 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 discuss all things games. Uh, anything you would like to plug at this time? Oh yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I like I I love the podcast. I listen to it all the time. Uh, I'd like to plug the Jackbox Party Pack Seven and all the Jackbox games. They're available on all digital platforms. Uh, they're fun to play. You'll find something weird. And if you're looking for Halloween type games, Trivia Murder Party is a fun like. Uh, trivia game hosted by a serial killer uh, that I think is in party pack three and six. Uh, and also listen to hello from the magic tavern, the weird improv fantasy podcast uh, I do with uh, Adel Rafai and Matt young. And I think it probably was out pretty recently 
Uh, both of you are. It's a, it's a great, very weird episode. <laughs> that was so fun. Uh, your, your show is so great. Weird? Thank you so much you for being here, Arnie. Weird? Okay. Weird. Okay, interesting. Weird. Got yeah, it. Yeah, out of character for us. <laughs> Thanks, Arnie. Matt, tell us next week's game. Next week's game, Among Us. Go to hell, everyone. <laughs> God, God. So threatening. Just the menace so- behind that. Good. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Maybe I'll do a ghost version. Like, goodbye, bucket. I'm scared of Matt. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>